0: Trump may be in handcuffs, but it's the rest of the Republican Party that's about to become trapped. I'm Matt Robeson, Balance of Power Roundtable, part of the Beyond Politics show, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, available on YouTube, on video, on the Blue Amp channel. I am coming at you up the center lane as usual, and to my left is Paul Hodes, former Democratic U.S. congressman from New Hampshire, and to my right, communications consultant, conservative commentator, analyst, bon vivant, Alicia Preston. Folks, mea culpa for all of our listeners and viewers. We had a technological glitch. We recorded the most brilliant, fascinating, insightful conversation ever in the history of all podcasts everywhere, and uh, because of a Zoom problem, it didn't actually save. So here we are. We're doing this award
1: winning. It would have been award winning.
0: We've actually won awards. We won a, a Granite Mike, which is the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters Award for Beyond Politics. In the past, we would have won another one for that show, but it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. All right. Look, there's only one news story that's drowning out everything. We'll get to a second one, if at all possible. It's the likely indictment and arrest of former President Donald Trump. Alicia, let's just hit the point On Fox News, we have seen a lot of bloviation from Republican leaders about, oh, Donald Trump is right. This is going to be great for him. It's going to really help him in a Republican primary. We had Elon Musk saying, you might as well hand the presidency to Donald Trump now. Is any of that right?
1: I'm not sure about handing the presidency, but it certainly helps him in the primary process. It's galvanizing Republicans to buy into the argument that this is political persecution via legal prosecution. And no, look, no one likes to see, not that we've ever seen it before, but no one would like to see a former president being indicted on anything. It's bad for the country. It's, I want to see it. Other than Paul, who's giddy wearing orange in unison with Donald Trump. In Paul, is,
0: Paul is channeling That's id right now. <laughs> Deep down, Alicia, we love you. And you're a Republican. Deep down, all the Democrats are like, no, I would like to see that, please. I would like to see that on a loop. I would like to be sipping Chardonnay and watching that nonstop. Go on, please.
1: Well, let's be clear about the semantic difference there, though. They would like to see Donald Trump. Yes,
0: arrested. yes. No, you're right. The concept right. of the
1: president of the United States of America. I'd like to think even Democrats find that not a good thing for our country moving.
0: Forward. In the show that we that is now lost. Into the ether, we actually ended on a really profound point where we all agreed that this entire episode makes us sad for America. We'll get to that maybe later. We were
1: much time. more pithy the first time around, but Ugh. here's what this does: this does galvanize Republicans behind the concept that this is political persecution that will help them in the primary. As a matter of fact, between the disappeared show and the current one, recording new poll numbers are out. And from the same state, by the same organization, Donald Trump in the last 72 hours has taken a bump in the primary of double digits over DeSantis, whereas in the past they were running pretty close. This has moved that needle forward with Republicans in a Republican primary concept. However, you say it is in not handling the presidency. No, because elections are state by state, even the presidential ones, and the people making the decision are going to be the undeclared and the independents, and this certainly doesn't help Donald Trump with them.
0: Paul, I had made an argument that I made in a video on the Blue Amp channel called three reasons why the Trump arrest is going to be awful for the Republican Party, that there might be a little short term bump per what Alicia has just revealed to us here, but that in the longer term. This is going to be awful for Trump and the Republicans. What do you make of it?
2: Uh, First of all, the fact that Donald Trump got a double digit bump because he's going to be indicted and arrested for paying hush money to a porn star just shows you how sick and twisted the Republican Party and its followers of the cult are. That's number one. Number two, I agree with Chris Christie, which is... An indictment is never good for anybody. And as the reality begins to sink in, assuming that the reptilian brains of the Republicans will admit reality, the fact that he's being indicted in New York and will soon be followed by indictments in Georgia for racketeering and election interference, and then hopefully indictments at the federal level for instigating the January 6th insurrection will begin to mount, and they will turn to some other awful person like DeSantis, who himself is taking pot shots at Donald Trump, or as the New York Post says, Ron hits Don, or whatever it is they said. There's nothing I like better than disarray chaos in the chaotic cult that is the Republican Party. And that is what I'm hoping will be produced by the serial indictments and prosecutions of Donald Trump. And as I said in the now forgotten, dearly departed show, I have this image let me paint the picture.
1: Oh, now we have to hear the fantasy again. a
2: dark, long-
1: This is a
0: Democrats' porn line hour. There's a dark, parlors.
2: long, concrete <laughs> corridor. <laughs> and on the right, filtering high up, is the gray light of barred windows. And on the left is a string of jeering inmates locked in cages, spitting, jeering, and hurling invective at Donald Trump as he he does the walk down the corridor shuffling shuffling in his blue slippers shackled together at the ankles in his shackled handcuffs and his disarrayed hair as they clap him into a cell and clang the door shut
0: paul hodes you truly are the poet laureate of the mm. porn for liberals hour i'm i'm deeply oppressed <laughs> i will say by the way That was almost as lyrically inspired as the New York Post headline. Thank you. What was it? Ron... Does, does, dog. Does, dog. does That not. sounds, wait a second. No, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's worse than the stormy day. Oh, the, Ro- yeah. the Robert Burdock Empire has gone full <laughs> Dr. Seuss on this. And DeSantis is: I will make you walk the plank. I will knife you with a shank. And by the way, he did that. So let me just pick up on a few threads of what you were just suggesting there, Paul. A- and made this argument in this video on Blue Amp. One of the main reasons that I think that this is actually awful, this is really bad for Donald Trump, is the fact that he's used to a position where it's him versus the Democrats. And the more he could be attacked, play the martyr, the more he could twist it into saying, oh, it's the liberals against me. It's the deep state against me. It's the media against me. And it drew sympathy. And it basically put his fellow Republicans into the position of you're either with him or you're with the liberal bad guys. You're either with him or you're with George Soros and you know worldwide conspiracy. We all know what that's code for, right? And so he's always been in that position where essentially he was punching at a brick that didn't hit back. Well, now Ron DeSantis is a brick that hits back. And if you look at Ron DeSantis' press conference when he was forced to finally address this pending arrest, what did he do? He came out and not once But twice, he twisted the knife into Donald Trump by explicitly saying what this is all about. Let me read this to you. It's pretty spectacular. He says, this is three sentences into his press conference. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. And then 10 seconds later, and the prosecutor chooses to go back many years ago to try to use something about porn star hush money payments subtle, right? We can all see what he's doing there. So the fact that there is a live opponent in a Republican primary who's going there and Politico this morning headlined about the same I, the same theme, Ron hits Don, that Ron DeSantis, the gloves are coming off. He's looking at the same polling that you're talking about, Alicia. And he's saying, look, I'm going to go there. I'm going to actually attack this guy. Will it work? I don't know. But that's, it's a very different proposition strategically for Donald Trump to be up against Someone who's in his weight class, I don't just mean that metaphorically, and is willing to- I
1: hate to disrupt Paul's imprisonment porn by pointing out that Donald Trump is not going to jail Based on paying off a porn star after porning with her—is that a word? Is porning a word? Yes. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yes. Why not? I didn't know if I was being all George Bush here and coming up with my own words.
0: you verbed uh, a noun, which I don't uh, generally allow. We'll
1: do it this that, time. Make an
0: exception. That is the type of abrogation of grammar rules up with which I will not put.
1: <laughs> okay, Yoda. I think DeSantis has to if he wants with to make rich, a move.
2: I shall not put.
1: <laughs> See, we, in the <gasps> show, payoff, was lost I to did history. Hear?
0: Just Stone for people, chaos. just for people to know, every time we talked about Donald Trump getting arrested, Donald Trump oh, is. It was like I think he was actually taking a shot, and it got and it got increasingly celebratory. <laughs> so if you think Yoda impressions is about as far as it goes, no, it, it, it could go much we're further. Just go did- on, Alicia. Go on.
1: I don't even know what we're talking about anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are we even doing here? What I are we I doing? Wanna- I want to push back on the polling bump for a second because when we talked this morning i had brought up previous evidence from polling in the wake of january 6th there's some comparative polling there about donald trump enjoying 90 percent support from republicans going into the election and that dropping by a solid five points after the insurrection and that's really what we need to focus on here right it's his ability to leverage his martyr complex into victory in Republican circles. We all agree that this whole thing does not help him with independents and Democrats, right? So what we're really talking about here is, will it help him consolidate and enthuse Republican support? And previously, it has not. He has not gotten a polling bump that's endured among Republicans actually the other way after the insurrection. He did not get a durable polling bump. His polling was actually completely level among Republicans before and after the Mar-a-Lago search for classified documents. So in the past, now, in the first impeachment, there was a very small consolidation of support among Republicans, and it didn't last. And so I, I've i made this analogy before, and I'll make it again. I think that it's like in, in 1941, <laughs> when the japanese high command approached general uh, admiral yamamoto who was to command their forces and said what will happen if we attack america and he said if we do this attack that became pearl harbor for 6 months i will run wild in the pacific but after that we will have trod on the tiger's tail and i think we're in this position now he's fundraising he's getting a little polling bump he's apparently talking like he's huddled at Mar-a-Lago, getting excited about his star turn as he walks before the cameras. He's hoping he'll be handcuffed. He's looking forward to his mugshot. He wants to play this for all it's worth. And in the very, very short term, It'll seem great. And I think it's a trap. I think it's a freaking trap for the Republican Party because all of these meatheads like Kevin McCarthy are falling all over themselves to jump in and defend him because that's what their base demands. And they're going to find that they're increasingly defending the indefensible. Am I wrong? Let's take a break. We'll be right
1: back. I think they're defending the indefensible, but I'm not the plurality of the Republican Party. And let's forget, not forget, in a primary, that's all you need. Right now, you get DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, a few others names out there. If Donald Trump gets 35 percent of the Republicans, he wins the primary, hands down. And that's all he needs. This is unifying that 35 percent. They are buying into the argument that this is political. They are buying into it that it is a witch hunt and they are they're consolidating themselves, they're rallying themselves up, and that will keep them focused on supporting Donald Trump. If there are five people in this primary, Donald Trump wins.
0: Paul, you just alluded to another factor here, which is that this is not a rifle shot of an indictment. This is just step one in a multi-step process that leads to Donald Trump being under significant legal duress. There are multiple cases moving forward. There is a substantial development in the case of the classified documents that he was hoarding and hiding at Mar-a-Lago. And I was wondering if, from a, as a former prosecutor, if you could explain to me the significance of the secret ruling that was provided by a federal judge that is going to breach what is usually an almost impenetrable wall of attorney-client privilege. And under this ruling, would compel Donald Trump's attorney to actually give testimony. How significant and unusual is that?
2: It's a highly unusual move. So let's just step back for a second. Folks understand that in American law, the attorney-client privilege is really important. It prevents a lawyer from telling anybody what their clients said to them. That's really important because it allows the client to tell secrets, to tell the truth, to talk to their lawyer, so that the lawyer can defend the client or represent the client without worrying that the what the client has told them can come out. So that's critical. There is an exception. It's called the crime fraud exception. And it's highly unusual and a very high bar for a judge to find that because of the crime fraud exception, where it's clear from evidence that the person who's being represented has committed a crime and they want testimony from the lawyer, that they can get the lawyer to actually testify because their client is a criminal. It's the crime fraud exception. And in this case, because the lawyer for Donald Trump is going to have to testify about Uh, what went on about what Trump said, theoretically what Trump knew. And the testimony is around Trump's intentional lying about the documents and what he knew and what he had.
0: Can I read that back to you for a second as a non-lawyer? So what you're saying is that this federal judge is finding that there's such strong evidence of fraud and criminal wrongdoing that the case is so strong is a signal that the case is so strong against Donald Trump, that the judge is saying this rule that almost always applies, we're going to throw it out the window because we're in hot pursuit of a crime.
1: Yep. You got My it, under- baby. My understanding is that maybe I believe Paul, whatever he said, he's a lawyer, but it apparently it stems from, there was a document that one or two of Trump's lawyers signed To acknowledge that they had done a full search of Mar-a-Lago, there were only a few documents that shouldn't have been there, and they have returned them. And it was untrue. And therefore, either the lawyer lied on Trump's behalf or Trump lied to the lawyer, and then the lawyer repeated that claim. And so my understanding is it's a very fine point. That is what caused the judge to say, okay, someone lied in a legal document either to their lawyer or the lawyer did it directly. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but the bottom line here is we're going to hear from Donald Trump's lawyer about what Trump said and what Trump did. That's
0: great. and I think it is a pattern where, you know, one of the star witnesses, not the only one, but one of them in the Stormy Daniels affair, double meaning there, but I'm Is Michael Cohen. And we keep having this situation where Donald Trump's owner, this is what we saw in all the big lie stuff. Right. His own attorneys, his Sidney Powell's and Rudy Giuliani's have themselves come under legal duress because they're propagating his lies and they're advancing his criminality. And you can't do that. You can't. It's like you can't leverage this rule of the legal system that you have attorneys to represent you because we believe in fairness in this country in order to advance your commission of a crime. But my larger political point is this, though, is that. All of these Republicans, who are rushing to defend Donald Trump and pick up his line that this is going to be oh so good for him and feed into his martyr complex. How many fundraising emails have you seen on the Donald Trump email list?
1: Well, I had nine, but now since our last discussion, I have gotten a 10th one. So 10 fundraising emails based on this.
0: So all of these Republicans that are piling on to this, I, I just think that they're like Jacob Marley. Like each one is a link in a chain that they're forging themselves that is being hung around their own bodies. And as we get more indictments and more problems, as this spins forward, let's say this arrest happens. Let's just think forward a little bit. Say, like, okay, Donald Trump, you've gotten to run wild in the Pacific for six months, right? You got a little fundraising bump. You're getting a little polling bump. You're getting all of these people coming out and saying nice things about you and picking up your fantasy of, oh, this is just a liberal conspiracy and all that crap. Okay. But now in six months, we're in the middle of a trial and the details are coming out and they're sorted and they're unpleasant. And they're, Alicia, how did you put it? They're all about him having an affair while his wife has a baby at home and then paying hush money to cover it up so that he can run for president. And all of these Republicans who have fallen all over themselves to defend him are defending that. And then they're defending him against another indictment, which may be coming for his actions in Georgia and trying to overturn the election results there. And then they're defending him in the possible defamation suit from Eugene Carroll. And then they're defending him in the classified documents case. And each one of these things is bad. I just, I don't understand how they're not digging themselves a deeper and deeper.
1: I think in the long term they are. But look, what he's trying to do is rally up his base, right? He's trying to invigorate that 30, 35% to stand behind him, ride or die. You know, this 10th email that I said I got, it includes a- Di- of-
0: Die is one of ride. the options, right? <laughs> just so we're clear.
1: This is how out of touch, in my opinion, Donald Trump and his supporters, because he writes to the people he knows agree with him, is right now inflation's crazy, still can't afford those damn eggs prices are going higher we're knocking on a recession mortgage rates are up it, we're not in a good economic point but here's one of donald trump's survey questions on the email i received about an hour ago what are your top priorities would you like to hear the list that he lists and i'm supposed to pick out which one of these is my favorite I- eradicating marxism from the government obliterating the deep state Securing our border, again. All right, that's an actual policy issue. Stopping Soros-funded district attorneys who aid and abet violent criminals. Redeclaring America's energy dominance. All right. Promoting patriotic education. Okay, none of these are my top priorities. My top priorities is being able to make an omelet on Sunday mornings. But do you think Donald Trump addresses my omelet situation? No. No. This is called being out of touch with the American people, which will prevent him from being president again. It will not necessarily prevent him from winning a nomination. Let's
0: take a break. We'll be right back. There's no question that his set of policy proposals that were meant to be over easy have become highly scrambled by this whole arrest thing. Was was that going too far? Was that going too far? With cheese. With with cheese, a royale with cheese. And this is the other strategic problem for him and for the Republican Party is that he it's like Godfather Three. It's just when you think you're out, he keeps sucking you guys back in. And he's sucking you into his narcissistic, confabulated, all about him and his wicked criminal life, all into that warped world. And he's he was trying to turn the page. We talked on the show two weeks ago about his idea for 10 new cities, Trumpist stands, whatever we called them. And we were saying, I was defending him. I was saying, you know what? This isn't the worst policy idea I've ever heard. It's forward-looking. He was trying to become forward-looking. He was trying to turn the page. He was trying to not just replay the greatest hits of everyone's out to get Trump. And now for the next year, for the rest of his candidacy, that's what this indictment and the other pending indictments are going to do is they're going to force not only him, but the rest of the Republican party that's lining up to defend him, to keep relitigating and relitigating the past and all of the bad things that he's done in a pretty bad life. And that is just not strategically good for a party that should be talking about the economy and the future and education and the border and policy issues that matter to suburban females like Alicia, who they need to get to vote for them again. Paul, quickly, could we talk about the other potential big political story of the week? Could you just explain to everybody in a nutshell what is up with this potential ruling that might outlaw access to the major medical abortion pill?
2: So folks know that one of the primary ways that women avail themselves of the ability to terminate a pregnancy is over the count medication. The ruling, the potential ruling that you're talking about, comes in the wake of the governor of Wyoming banning the sale of pregnancy-terminating medication in Wyoming. What we're talking about here is a federal judge who is a Trump appointee who's a known right-wing whack job, ruling and basically instituting a national ban through his federal court ruling that the FDA essentially overstepped its bounds when they interpreted language that allowed them to fast track the approval of the -the over-the-counter pregnancy terminating medication.
0: And he is 22 years ago.
2: Yeah, a long time ago, and he's expected to take a swipe at it and basically rule that it's illegal all across the country. This is not a good, this is not good.
0: Now, I want to be crystal clear about this, lest just talking about it create a chilling effect for people who are seeking access to this kind of medication. For one thing, even if he does rule in this direction, it is quite likely that there would be an appeal, a hold on it. It's not going to have an immediate impact. The other thing is that there is another alternative medication, not as prevalent, but there's another way that doctors can achieve the same result. And so the point is, this isn't going to turn into an outright ban on medication for abortion that they're seeking here. But nonetheless, it's a really significant issue. And just in a nutshell here, holding aside the incredibly important substantive impact, what do you both make of the potential political out impact coming out of an election where it was widely seen that the Dobbs decision and abortion access was a critical lever in moving things To the Democrats' call.
1: First, let me just note that I don't think any more that you can presume an indictment from a Democrat in New York is strictly political because he's a Democrat on a conservative. I don't think you can make that assertion any more than you should make the assertion that just because a judge is conservative, he will use his politics and not the law to make a ruling. We have to either agree that they're all political or agree that they're all not. You can't pick which side you want to be on and make it political based on that. As for the overall abortion discussion, Republicans never want to. And I have advised clients this a million times. And sometimes they listen and sometimes they don't. If you can avoid the abortion discussion, avoid the abortion discussion. It's not an argument we're going to win. It's just not. The majority of people are pro-choice. The majority of districts, not all, there are congressional districts in this country that are pro-life, but the majority are You're going to lose on that argument. You're going to lose because it's an emotional argument. And when you have an emotional argument that you disagree with the majority, you're going to lose. Stay out of it. Do not talk about CRT. Do not talk about abortion. Get out of these conversations if you live in a district that isn't overwhelmingly red. And so anything that raises that where Republicans will be forced into the abortion discussion, whether it harms them, I don't know. It certainly doesn't help.
0: Paul?
2: Uh Oh, what a mess. It's going to galvanize Democrats. Alicia, I mean, your cult, your party, which is no longer a party but is now a cult, is just going to be faced with even more galvanized Democrats working to overturn the cult and take back the country for sanity. That's what's going to happen. It's just, it's more of the same craziness. I don't know. What do you call a country where people are acting like this? I have no
0: idea. America, baby, we are a land of contradictions. And I will just close out on the note that I think Alicia was right at the top of the show. It's not great for the country that we're in this place. And it's not that I'm sobbing for Donald Trump. I am not. The arc of the moral universe is about to smack him in the face. Great. Good. I'm in favor of that. But I'm not thrilled that our fellow country people, women, men, are There's 73 million of them that still voted for this insane criminal lunatic, and who there's a significant portion of them that are still on Team Trump, and that there's nothing that's going to shake them from this. I want to reach them. We are on Team America here, people, and we have our arguments, we have our disagreements. You probably, some of you probably hate me as much as I'm questioning you, but. I'd still like to be on the same team here. And no, what, you're, think... what
2: you're saying is simply this. It would be really good for the country to have a functioning, sane Republican Party that was a an, a an opposition to... Fine. Opposition is fine. But it would be really good for everybody if we had an active dialogue that was based in reality and sanity. Our hope is that the Republican Party will find itself again.
1: Really, that's what we're after. The reality is the vast majority of Republicans are no longer the Trump wing of the party. But what we see is the Kevin McCarthys of the world, the, the crazy Boberts and Getzes of the world. They have very large microphones. Washington, D.C., Republicans are still the cult of Trump. They absolutely are. But they don't represent the vast majority of Republicans in America. And I don't know why they don't see that. I don't know why they don't see that Trump Republicans lost In 2022, I don't know why they're not envisioning what we're all feeling out here. But again, the majority of Republicans are no longer on the Trump train. The problem is you don't need the majority of Republicans to make Donald Trump our nominee. Well,
0: they have a broke back mountain problem.
1: Why can't I quit you? Here's the porn again. That's not
0: porn. It's high-end, sophisticated movie-making about a passionate love affair among cowboys.
1: You couldn't say this back then. I watched the movie, and I'm open-minded. I don't care if people are gay or not. I never thought it was a good movie. And I literally said all the time, if this weren't one of the first, and it was like breaking ground because it showed a homosexual relationship on the big screen before it was done, I think. And that's great. That happened. But I was always like, the movie was boring. I like tried watching it twice, fell asleep the first time, and I really don't think it would have gotten the accolades if it weren't the first.
0: Yeah. I said yeah, it. It's there fair. you go. Right. Bold takes from uh, mm. our friend Alicia Preston, who Paul, mm. I think, does want to run for president, but we're going to have to leave it off mm. because- Paul has appointment viewing. He's just going to watch a reel over and over again of <laughs> Donald Trump being led away in handcuffs in his mind. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it'll manifest some reality this week. Happy day. We'll be back with you day-o. next week. And maybe we'll have developments on all of this exciting stuff. See you next time. Bye.
1: Uh-huh.